are geek-centric, and you can be too. Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome to our special Behind the Geeks episode for Netflix's Nimona. My name is Nate, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geek-Centric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geek-Centric. Now, before I introduce who's joining us in the podcast today, I also want to mention we have opened up our Discord so we can talk directly to you about our various interviews or all the movies and shows we love. So if you want to join in and keep the geeky conversation going, uh, the link to do so will be in our show notes. So please come through. Let's talk about Nimona. We've also got a spoiler-filled channel for our weekly watch club of Secret Invasion. Um, So again, let's keep the, the geeky conversations going. But with that said, joining me for this Behind the Geeks episode, he's a jaunty jackalope who's jazzy like a jaguar. He's Justin, the jellyfish, Lawrence. Ooh, jellyfish. Uh, They are both lethal and inviting. And beautiful. Yes, they're beautiful, right? They're deceivingly, you know, they, they kind of capture you. In their, yeah. in their sort of web of tentacles as they <laughs> look so pretty, but yet they are lethal. Lethal. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I think, um, yeah, I think jellyfish, I've never, I've seen one. I've never touched one, thank goodness. I don't think you're supposed to. Um, but, you know, sometimes I, always, I also just think, like, what are they thinking? You know? Like, they don't have eyes, do they? Do they? Do, they probably do. <laughs> we just can't see them. Right in. Jellyfish. If you're listening to this right now and you're a jellyfish Sure, let expert, us know please. in the Discord. Maybe we're let completely wrong. <laughs> oh, man. Um, dude, you're tired. I'm tired. June was a packed month, dude. It, it felt like it was just nonstop. I, I think we get kind of like a like a teeny tiny break in July, but then come mid-July, it's going to ramp back up again. You know, the hot geek summer is... It's raining in. I'm sweating, bro. I am sweating, sweating from this hot geek summer. Let me tell you. That's yeah, this it. last this last week was a uh, mad dash uh, with with great opportunities and uh, you know, as as I always say, we do have lives outside of this. So balancing life stuff with ongoing stuff uh, with with uh, all the opportunities, it's it's a challenge at times. But uh, you know, as long as we have good communication and we know our our trajectory. We're we're gonna get some great stuff uh, out, and that is why we're here today. We are here today to share something lovely. Absolutely, and I think that's it, right? All these opportunity these opportunities. It's that's what makes it worth exactly uh, worth it. All right? the stress, so, yeah. All the lack um, of sleep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> we're talking to some folks from Nimona today, but before we we get to them, you know, Nimona is a shapeshifter and she can change into not just animals but people as well i wanted to ask you before you get the chance to ask our lovely guest who do you want to shapeshift into for a day yeah i was thinking about this myself when i uh, when we were coming up with the questions um i think realistically i i i, I would love to be someone like a kevin feige oh Right. And just, Yo. you know, it would be great to just have some some of that inside information. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I can imagine if it was the shape shift me, 
as Kevin Feige when someone came in and said, hey, do you, can you approve this? I'd be like, we're doing this? <laughs> I would totally. <laughs> yeah, Kevin, yeah, Kevin, we talked about we've, this we've, yesterday, dude. Like, what are you, we've been talking about okay? it for the last three years. Are you okay? <laughs> three years? Are you kidding me? Oh, man. I would watch that movie. I think that would be a great movie. Um, for me, I would say... The the answer to that question, um, I, I have answered, actually, very recently. I'd encourage all of you, uh, if you're watching Secret Invasion, to check out our Watch Club for episode two uh, of Secret Invasion, because I had a pretty dope answer, very similar, actually, Justin, to yours. I'm not going to reveal who it was. You'll have to go and listen to it, um, because, you know, scrolls are shapeshifters. This is a great month. For shapeshifters. Yeah, shapeshifters uh, are reason. really like getting in. the limelight, right? Like they're totally <laughs> in, right? Like it's totally um, a thing. But instead of a person, I went, I, I said, oh, you know, okay, I'll, for this one, I'll say which animal. I, and I probably think, I'm thinking an orca whale, dude. Like doing some free willy jumps, getting to spend the day in the water, especially in the hot summer. Like, I think that'd be pretty lovely. Yes. I read. I was reading online because I was like, at first I put that like, uh, oh, it'd be great to be able to breathe underwater. Orcas don't breathe underwater. They're mammals. They have a blowhole that they breathe through. But one interesting fact about orcas that I learned is that the blowhole is controlled by a sphincter. <laughs> Who knew that mammals had sphincters that weren't in their butts? That's crazy. I just. I guess I'm learning know, thank, so much thank, from, from thank, this experience. Thank, Thank the maker for the internet. So you can now learn about other things that have sphincters. <laughs> <laughs> and sphincters in different spots. Anyways, Justin, we're not here to talk about sphincters today. Uh, no, instead, would you maybe uh, let the lovely folks listening, who's joining us on the Geek Centric podcast today? Uh, as you mentioned, we are talking to some folks from Nimona. And uh, I got to say, this is probably the biggest list of people that we've, we've talked to from a movie. Today, we are talking to... Andy Stevenson, the creator of Nimona, yeah. uh, whose graphic novel is the source material for this movie. But with that, we also have Nick Bruno and Troy Quain, the directors of the film. Uh, and it's all it's all out there. It's been a bit of a journey to get this movie yeah. to the finish line. Um, but it doesn't stop there. We also had a chance to talk to the cast from this fantastic movie. So we're talking to Eugene Lee Yang, who plays Ambrosius Golden loin, still a mouthful. Huge mouthful. Uh, <laughs> we're talking to Riz Ahmed, who voices Ballister Boldheart. And we're also talking to Chloe Grace Moretz, who plays Nimona herself. Woo. This is a stacked, stacked interview. A huge thanks to Netflix Canada and to our friends at Touchwood PR for helping to set this up. Back in April, um, I attended a animation press conference hosted by Netflix uh, and before the press conference, they gave us access to see Nimona as preparation because uh, there was a whole panel with Andy Stevens, the creator, Nick Bruno, Troy Quain, um, Adian uh, Sugano, who uh, ran production, and then Karen Ryan and Julie Zachary, uh, who were producers of the movie. And that was an enlightening experience to watch the movie then to get a little bit of background information. And now here we are uh, several months later. I can't do math right now. Uh, <laughs> talking to the entire cast. So again, a huge thanks to our friends at Netflix Canada and Touch With PR for setting up this interview, this whole presentation, everything allowing us to take part in it. And look out for Netflix animation. Like the panel 
was a intro to a variety of projects that are coming out between 2023 and 2024 and there's a lot and while we i didn't get to see like trailers for things they showed clips they showed animatics they showed designs um there's a lot of investment that's going into netflix animation which is so funny because i think we reported us or we were talking about a story in one of our this week in geeks about them cutting back on animation yeah it's but really here, good to hear that it's it's it's, they're turning it around. Well, uh, th- a lot of it has to do with, and, and the presentation very much made it clear, with mm-hmm. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio being Hell such yeah. a huge success. And, uh, you know, it, it it was a massive success for, for Netflix, but for animation uh, as a whole, you know, it really, mm-hmm. again, helps to establish this idea of animation as more than just a genre, but as a medium of, of great storytelling. And uh, yeah, the, the panel consisted of, of a variety of projects that range from some of the more traditional animated projects, but some stuff that will definitely have people very excited uh, in in the coming years between 2023 and 2024. Because um, I think as far back as they were, sh- uh, as, as far into 24, as towards the end of 2024, we, we got to see some stuff. So there's a lot of stuff in the works, a lot of stuff coming. So I'm really happy to see uh, Netflix really investing in animation. And, you know, here we are talking about a movie that Netflix literally saved because at one point it was canceled and it was killed. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it it shouldn't it shouldn't take an Oscar to uh, to get to this place that it sounds like Netflix is at. But I'm really happy, regardless, that we are going to be getting more animation content. Hopefully, we don't have to wait too long with with everything going on with the writers' strike and, and potential other strikes. But um, I'm I'm you know if if any of these projects are anywhere near how great Nimona was, um, you know. I think uh, I think we're gonna have a, a pretty good time on the animation side with Netflix. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be it's gonna be a, a great time. And 2023 alone has been a fantastic year for animation. I think most of the my top movies for this year are animated. Yeah. In in all in all honesty, uh, over some of the big live actions. Even like we said, we're in the the hot geek summer. And you know we're schwitzing from all these 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 big summer blockbusters. But some of them land, some of them don't. Uh, and that's kind of what we have, but animation has has stayed strong. Kind of been so. consistent. I mean, Super Mario, like Mario Bros. Yep. We've we've got Elemental, Spider Verse, yep. and yep. and now Nimona, uh, with more on the way. So, uh, and more on the way. I think you're super stoked for as well with TMNT. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but listen, before we we kind of you know talk about them anymore, I think we should get to some of these interviews. Um, we're gonna start with our interviews with the creative team behind Nimona and then we're going to chat you know a little bit about that and then we're going to come back to the cast uh, of Nimona and and kind of wrap it up there so uh, please enjoy our interview with Nimona directors Nick Bruno and Troy Quain and Nimona creator N.D. Stevenson Hey Nick, hey Troy. My name's Justin. Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast. How are you guys doing today? Great, Great thanks. And you might win for coolest real background. Yeah, I don't know what's. I guess there? so. Like they're not not artificial. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a studio. Uh, Love it. You know, yeah. do, do little photo shoots yeah. and stuff like that. It works. Um, I'm very excited to be talking to you guys uh, about this movie. Uh, it's such a delight, and uh, by the sounds of it, a long time coming. Uh, based on the journey. Uh, with that in mind, I I, I want to know how do you guys feel now that this movie's finally out. Audiences are seeing it. You're getting some great reactions. How are you guys both feeling? It's amazing. Oh it's gosh. amazing. I mean, we love the story. We love the characters. Uh, we love what it represents, like this story about acceptance and getting to know people. And uh, the fact that it's going to be out in the world soon is 
especially after being killed at one point, yeah. is is amazing. Yeah, it's it is amazing that the the story of the story has been what's been out for so long, but now people can react to the actual movie and to see people react to to the film itself is uh, is so gratifying. Yeah, it it definitely it definitely hits the heart, you know, and and I and I really appreciated my my time with it. I've seen it twice now, and and you know, each time you just you're finding new layers of of personality and 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 uh, discovery. It's it's such a it's such a great experience, and you know, like you guys are mentioning, it was a lengthy process to to get this movie to the finish line. I wanted to know what was probably the biggest challenge. What did you guys have to do collectively to kind of overcome that? Uh, <laughs> biggest. Hmm. I, I, I honestly think big our biggest challenge um, is, you know, I mean, we were given this incredible work by N.D. Stevenson and this incredible character of Nimona who doesn't conform to anything, uh, who is essentially a love letter to all those who've ever felt misunderstood, who also shouldn't conform. And yet we're in a medium where... Uh, you know, animation is often treated like a genre. And what that means is sometimes there's expectations like Nimona looks too punk. Uh, is she aspirational enough? Does she need to look like your classic, uh, you know, Disney princess? How many and times can she say murder? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it's just like mm-hmm. uh, so many times along the way, it was um, us standing up for who we thought this real punk character was and is and not wanting to conform to all that. And we were very lucky to find a home with Annapurna and Netflix who supported that in such a powerful way. We got to tell a story that we felt was real, authentic, and uh, with a character who we absolutely love for. I I think uh, Nimona is probably one of the most relatable characters. Uh, I I could relate to her teen angst and her frustrations and and everything, uh, you know, so so well. It's so so rich and, and, you know, you, you mentioned the idea that animation is often seen as a genre. Why is animation such a great platform for just telling great stories and, and why it should be seen more than just a genre? Well, I think, I mean, animation, we have the ability to, I think even beyond what you can do in live action, is tell that story and reflect those characters in every aspect of of the world building. I mean, from the choices we make, I mean, obviously we've got lights here in the studio and, and you've got all those same choices, right. but how we have that light interact, how we design the characters specifically, how we design the world, just elements that are fundamental and, and um, in the DNA of, of what you're seeing, uh, I think allow us to make sure that it, it if we're doing our jobs right, it seeps into every frame, into every little bit of detail you've got. So when you sit down to watch you know, an animated film, you're you're already opening yourself up to this creative experience and, and opening yourself up to the ability to to believe in the magic that's about to happen. And I think that right there allows you to, to connect in in just a, a, a broader way right out of the gate um, and yeah. and let you tell stories that are complex and funny and entertaining and varied. And um, again, not limited by by genre or expectation. It really, there's no limit in animation, which is yeah. is kind of a reflection of, of Nimona. I, I love that response. I think that it, that's the the mentality of, and thinking that needs to go behind more animated. Uh, right. You know how people need to look at animation. Yeah. we're huge fans of animation here at Geekcentric, and you know a lot of a lot of movies connect with us from our childhood. I wanted to know for you guys growing up, was there a movie that connected with you? Because I'm sure like like this movie is going to connect with a lot of people. Was there anything in your past that really resonated with you as from an animated feature standpoint? Oh man. Uh... 
I mean, so many. I mean, we're, we're we, you know, we were before we we're directors, we were animators. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's, it's really because, you know, you feel in all, there's so many things that you've watched growing up as a kid where you feel the journey of someone small in a world that's so big and you're just trying to navigate it. And you can feel how every, every frame comes from the heart. Uh, and it comes from a real place and it speaks to you in a way that I feel like animation is the one thing that everyone agrees on, right? Mm -hmm. um, exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's hard to pick just one movie, but I think that's what we always try to bring is the fun with also a real message behind it. And again, the message of this film is is pretty simple and it's just get to know yeah. each other. Yeah. Get to know each other, inclusivity. And like, and the idea that you're using animation, like you said, it, it already feels like an inclusive platform, you know, it's just it all layers really, really well. Um, so I absolutely love that. Um, you know what? Let's uh, let's let's get a little fun here. Uh, I'd right. love to know if you guys had shape shifting powers, who would you want to live for as as a day? Nick, why don't you kick us off? Uh, I would probably for a day. I'd want to know what it feels like to be Aaron Judge from the New York Yankees, just to smash a ball that far and be such a good person, and everybody loves them, and you get to wear those pinstripes, and and everyone. Oh man, he's the greatest, Aaron Judge. If you're watching this, I love you. Awesome. I knew that answer. I could have answered that question for him. There you go. There you go. Uh, you know that's a tough one. I. I... I mean, it, it does, it changes from, from day to day. Yeah. Um, uh, I wish I had a, I wish I had an answer. I mean, he I, also I, wants to be Aaron judge. I Aaron do. Judge is one of the greatest <laughs> athletes that's there out is. there right now. He's a great person. Done. He's a... Done. Aaron judge. <laughs> so I could learn awesome. how to play baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well guys, thank you so much for taking the time and, and answering some questions again. I really enjoyed this movie and I, uh, most importantly, I enjoyed uh, your passion and commitment to bringing this movie to life because the trials and tribulations that this movie went through, uh, it just, it would not stop. And people wanted to see this movie and wanted to see it to the finish line. And I'm grateful for it. So uh, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, guys, have a great rest of your day. You too. Cheers. Hey, Indy. My name is Justin. Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I imagine there's a immense amount of emotions right now. You know, this is a story that you have been Working on, I think you started in art school, right? When you were yeah. when you were young. So now to see it, all these characters in this world come to life, like how are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it's been more than ten years uh, with these characters, and um, you know, the book came out in 2015, and so in, at the time, like that was really sad. It felt like saying goodbye to characters that I'd spent so much time with. So what's great about like getting to be a part of the process of this movie is that I get to keep spending time with these characters that I love so much. Um, and they're growing and they're going out into the world. And and like I'm realizing that so many people see themselves in these characters, not not just me. It's like seeing your kids go off to college and it's just like they are. It's, this is just the beginning, you know, like the whole world is about to like yep. start getting to experience this version of these characters. And it's super, super cool. I found Nimona incredibly relatable for myself, right? Uh, growing up and, and having similar sort of angst and, and frustrations, maybe not at the extreme of as metal and, <laughs> you know, as, as Nimona, but you know, that, that angst and that, that sort of, that I desire of wanting to be seen. And, and there's such a beauty to, to this, these characters in this story. And it's so relatable, you know, bringing them into animation and, and bringing them into this new, new platform. Have you discovered new things about the characters? Have they evolved for you in some ways? 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like they are, um, they have evolved in a lot of ways. Some of them are pretty different, like especially Golden Loin, I think has changed the most where he's very goofy in the comic. Um, and he's sort of an absurd character. And then Eugene brings such a like, you know, he's, he's genuinely really heroic, even if he's stuck on kind of the wrong side of the conflict. Um, but yeah, I think they just keep revealing more aspects. I think with characters, it's like sometimes they feel literally real. And sometimes they feel like little parts of myself and sometimes I feel like my kids and like sometimes some mixture of all of those things. But they really become real when other people start to put their love into them, whether that's right. readers of the book or watchers of the movie or the people making it or the people reacting to it in any way. That's what makes them feel real. And so yeah. for, I think for me, like it just feels like these characters are taking the next step in their evolution. Uh, yes. We all go through life phases, and I feel like that's that's part of like the growth of them and them just spreading farther out into the world and taking on a life of their own. I love that. That's that's part of sharing this this incredible story, right? It, it's kind of letting it grow and, and and seeing how how the world kind of takes it and how they and how they how they interact with the world. And with that, have there been any you know any reactions to the movie that have really cemented why you created Nimona? You know, we had um, we just had this really, really incredible and emotional uh, world premiere in Annecy in France. And um, it was kind of, the, I've seen this movie many times and I've seen the finished version many times and I've seen it on the big screen several times too. So like nothing about the movie itself was new. And yet in this, with all these people in the room for the first time, there was like, I had a really different experience where... I felt both like this character is like the manifestation of my angst from a certain time in my life. And the audience is just like reacting with so much love and empathy that I felt like that, like part of me that was very complicated and angry and scared and lost and lonely was being seen and loved. Um, and it was like, I was incredibly emotional. Um, I think seeing that audience and like, hearing the like sniffles as like people like are crying yeah. the last like 20 minutes of the movie. And it just is like, it, it, it made me feel like, ironically, I guess, because this is what's happening in the movie. It made me feel like seen and accepted. And then it also made me feel like so much less alone because there were yes. so many people here who were seeing themselves yeah. in her. It was really profoundly emotional. Yeah. I I feel like it would be a sense of validation for something that's so personal. You hold close to your heart and now it's being you know, presented on this huge platform. It's amazing to see all the love and appreciation it's getting and, and, and it's so deserving of it. Okay, I want to ask you a geeky question. Okay. Um, we're, we're huge collectors here on the Geek Centric Podcast. Um, are there any collectibles from the properties you've worked on uh, that you've added to your collection that you're super proud of? Are you a collector of of like statues and figures and, and toys in general? Yeah, I, I like hoarded everything I could get um, from She-Ra, which is the first time I ever had like, oh, I guess that's not true. I guess Lumberjanes had merch too. I've been really lucky in this. Yeah, so I like, I try to get everything I could get my hands on for any, if there's any merch out there, I try and get it. And sometimes I just like, I, I gave some to my nephew knowing that, like he like cut Shira's hair and like banged up the sword and everything. But it is like, it's more about like uh, just holding on to those memories. Um, and mm -hmm. even if they get a little, they get a daring new haircut at the end of it. Um, but I think the weirdest <laughs> thing I ever tried, I tried to take this, I didn't succeed. I tried to take home a huge like Shira cardboard cutout um, at my last job and I couldn't fit her in the car. 
And so I, I couldn't do it. But I, I do try to keep a little bit of everything uh, that I've worked on. That's good. So, yeah. That's everything great. for awesome. Nimona, I'm like. <laughs> trying to trying to get it oh, all. Yeah. Well, listen, in an interview with Canada's own Eric Bauza, I heard that you're a huge Star Wars fan. And we here at Geek Centric are huge Star Wars fans. And while I would love to know what sort of story you would want to tell in a galaxy far, far away. We don't have enough time for that, but I'd love to know if you were to do Star Wars, would you want to do something in animation space or would you want to do something in live action? Um, I mean, I would love to be a part of Star Wars in any way. And I've done a little bit of uh, writing for some animated series for Star Wars, but anything to do Ooh. with the bounty hunters, anything to do with uh, Sam Wessel and Jango Fett and like anything in that world, that's like, that's my absolute dream, whatever that looks like. Well, I would love to see a story from you, Indy, in in Star Wars. Just right. just throwing it out there. Okay. Uh, your Good to your know. voice. You have such a great voice, uh, and and your stories are great. You're a trailblazer, and I am so happy for all the love that this movie is getting. It is so deserving of it. Thank you so um, much. Thank you for taking the time to join us on the Geek Centric Podcast. It really means a lot. Yeah. Thank you. It's great to meet you. Have a good one. And we are back. Um. I mean, I just on the, the the topic of like speaking to the directors, you know, it's I think it's interesting to hear their challenges in how they they had to stand up for who, you know, the character of Nimona and who she is. I think it's something that I know, like even as a critic of this stuff, I don't often think about. But for writers and directors, I guess it can be challenging when there's so many people sharing their opinion on things like how many times can a character say murder or you know, sh should she look a certain way, right? But at the end of the day, I'm really happy that they they pushed back on some of the feedback so that we could get this authentic representation of, like, I, I haven't read the book, but like what sounds like Andy Stevenson Actual, wanted. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like What he wanted, yeah. I was saying in our spoiler-free, you know, the entire creative team, including the directors, Nick Bruno and Troy Quain, you know, they fought for Nimona to... Yep. to to see the light of day, uh, you know. Again, there's a lot of there's a, there's already a lot of uh, about the background story about Nimona coming, uh, finally finding its its way to Netflix and what that journey's looked like. So you can find that online. So I knew when I asked that question, there could be any one thing, and and they their response was like, oh well, you know, we the whole thing was was a challenge. Um, but I'm glad that they pulled at something that felt really uh, personal to the idea of how we perceive characters in animation and mm. how they fought for Nimona's identity and they fought for that representation. They fought for that that image because that is today, uh, more than anything with this movie, it, it speaks to an audience that is today, it, you know, that is very relevant now. Um, and like Meg was saying in our spoiler-free review, it's it's incredible to think that Andy Stevenson, he, he did this in art school, he did this for himself. This was a way for him to find his own identity. And now here, here we are, you know, 11 years later or longer, I think, because the book came out in 2015, as Andy was saying, um, you know, here we are seeing the next adaptation, the next iteration of this story being told and it all had the existing foresight of N.D. Stevens' passion and wanting to tell a story that is relevant there. It's like, it's crazy. It wasn't relevant probably back then. Definitely wasn't. There probably would be a lot of eyebrow raises. And it found its it found its audience through graphic novel. And it's now here on, on the largest, I, I think, the largest uh, scale that you could have for, for a story like this. Well, and I love, I think, um, Troy, uh, near near the end of the interview said I think probably one of the most beautiful sentences 
uh, in that he he mentioned the parallel between animation and Nimona herself, which is no limits. And I think that's such a beautiful sentiment in one sentence, just to sort of draw that parallel between the character of Nimona, but also why animation is such a good storytelling, uh, you know, uh, device, right? And 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 why it's 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 used in to tell stories like this. And you can tell Nick and Troy have obviously lived with this film for a very long time to to feel so confident in, in speaking about what what it, what what went into bringing this this to life. You know, I love the idea too that I think they were very much establishing this idea that animation already feels very inclusive. It feels very, uh, you know, um, uh, adaptable, right? And people can embrace it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so using that platform as as a means of storytelling uh, broadens the idea of how people can come and interact with it. Um, and it, it, it allows it to to feel more inherently magical rather than stuck in, in a live action space. Like there's, there's already a suspension of disbelief that comes in when you go into animation that frees you a little bit in enjoying that story. And I, I loved that. Like that's, that's so true. I, I, I never really thought of it that way in that, you know, you you have a sense of of wonderment and uh, enchantment with with animation and yeah the idea that it's it's an it's an inclusive uh medium and it's telling a story about inclusivity and identity it's it's fantastic well and i mean even hearing nate's experience with by the way nate if you're listening to this great name uh nate's experience with the world premiere at annecy in france and how you know Having him hearing people crying and connecting with the emotional parts of this movie and how Nimona being a manifestation of his angst growing up yeah. uh, and people not only accepting that aspect of his life through this story, but also <coughs> finding ways to relate to him. And when he mentioned it made him feel seen and loved and most importantly, less alone, like what a profound moment as a creator. I mean, this is that's got to be one of the top top memories for Nate I'm assuming yeah well as I was saying it's almost a sense of validation mm. right all these years later for to put your your heart and your soul into something that is so personal and to inch it out to the broader audience to now the point where it's it's a movie and you're screening it at a festival mm-hmm. and an, a whole other audience is now interacting with it like it's such a such a, a great sense of validation for indie to feel seen, to feel heard, to feel loved uh, by a whole new audience. It's great. And I mean, what you come want. on, bounty hunters, dude! In start, like I would watch it. Okay, and it's interesting, he mentioned Zam Wessel, yeah, who is also a shapeshifter. Yeah, I mean, I like I could, like, okay, he could rock an original story in Star Wars. Like, I'd love, 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 like. If if he did like an original character, right, that he developed, maybe Zam Wessel has a younger brother or sister that we're not aware of. For sure. Right? Like how sick would that be to see I think, I think that, that would fit. character fleshed out? I think it's it's a great idea. I meant what I said. I would love to hear more of his stories in told in a galaxy far, far away. The stories that feel very relevant today, but sort of hybrided for, you know, Star Wars, I think Favreau would be all over it. Oh. Filoni would be all over it. Get on I it. think it would fit. I think it would fit in the in the the grand scheme of of what what they could do if you could do a show about ban- bounty hunters yeah. like that outside of you know what the Mandalorian is. Yeah, no, I think I think it would be really cool to. And I'm I'm talking like I want Attack of the Clones 
era stories specifically. You know oh, what so I mean? So you do think, a period piece, like oh, you would do you wouldn't do between episode one and episode two. Like before we get to Zam Wessel's end of well, that's of an interesting their life. that's an interesting thought too to do a show that or something that takes place in in that period. I like that. I'm telling you, dude. Like, listen, it's Star Wars, uh, Disney, and Lucasfilm. They're all about getting the little tiny getting out. What more can we exploit <laughs> from this this overall saga? Um, but as we mentioned earlier, you also got to chat with the cast of Nimona. So without further ado, please enjoy our interviews with Eugene Lee Yang, Riz Ahmed, uh, also from Star Wars, uh, and Chloe Grace Moretz. Hey, Eugene. My name's Justin. Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Nice to meet you. I like your setup. Oh, thank you. That's the second time that that's happened today. Yeah, the color seamlesses (laughs) are great. The camera quality is crisp. Awesome. Well, you are looking crisp as well and looking fly as always. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I was so pleasantly surprised to hear your voice in this film and also to see your look. Like the character of Ambrosius very much looked like you. I was like, am I... (laughs) <laughs> Am I imagining this? But I think I read somewhere that they very much designed the character around you. Is that correct? Yeah, that's actually how I was uh, initially brought onto the film, which is wild. The um, production designer, Aiden, he um, actually was using, suggested me as a reference because when they s- switched, uh, the major character design change from the graphic novel was actually Ambrosius. They decided they'd like yep. him to be of East Asian descent to explore what that looked like. And uh, he was familiar with my coming out video. You like, that's that's a gay Asian man I can... Get behind. No, no <laughs> pun intended. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he um, they that's why they said, well, I guess if he's if he's part of the design, then like maybe we should we should reach out and see if he can audition. And that's how I came onto the project. Yeah. yeah. Well, so beyond that, what else drew you into wanting to to take to to join Nimona as as Ambrosius Golden Loin? That's that's a mouthful, by the way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Um <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop. Uh, <laughs> ND Stevenson was the the main draw for me. Actually, um, I was awesome. a big fan of Shira, and I also uh, had read the graphic novel. So knowing that this was a queer creative voice um, that was being translated to screen, I mean, that's all you really needed to tell me. And that's something that's like it's kind of hard to find that sometimes, even in the animated world. So knowing that yes. knowing that um, he was also an integral part of the process was was the main selling point for sure. For sure. I, I, you always want the, the, the creator's vision to be cemented in, you know, the adaptation. And I think that this is very much a part of the celebration of this movie. Um, you know, I know this is going to, I'm going to ask you a question. It might, might seem a little deep. I love deep questions. I, I, I know a lot of people talk about finding a character's voice, but I feel like for this movie, it's, it's really about finding a character's soul. So I, I wanted to know, how did you go about finding the soul of Ambrosius and his journey through this movie? Yeah, it was a lot of um, props to the directors, uh, Nick and Troy, who were so sensitive to also knowing that, you know, they wanted to draw out a very authentic experience from me. I had initially kind of come in with something a little more like this, and it was like not the vibe. It was not, it was me posturing something more cartoonish and heroic. And I think that was, um, the big thing was they said like, you yourself are uh, informing so much about this character who in the end, what was great, what was discovered was, you know, he is technically the hero of the realm. He's this like princely character, but he's also goofy and really soft. And immediately you can tell he's loving towards 
um, Ballister, and that never changes in the film. Like all of the struggle he's feeling is just, he's on the job, he has to abide by this institution, he has to do everything the system tells him to, but then he's also deeply in love with someone who he can't be with. And so that mm -hmm. struggle and that internal like strife that he has is something that I just high, highly relate to. It's been a lot of key moments of my life. So being able to like inform the character that way, that was like the main thing about finding his soul. I think his soul is one of, of deep, constant conflict, but also he doesn't hide it. He's very honest. Yes, absolutely. And I, I love the, there's a moment with the director when the director asks him, you know, how are you or how are you feeling? And you see this moment where he just breaks yeah. and he just lets loose, but it's all internalized. And I thought that was such a beautiful moment to kind of capture this idea of, you know, what's perceived and the reality and and that sort of and, and how Ambrosius is kind of living in that realm, if you will, of of trying to, to deal with both sides of his life. Um, and I, I, I yeah, I think that that's great. That, that scene really summed up everything I said, that idea of the inner conflict. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I, I thought that moment really spoke to that. Um, I wanted to know, and this is a fun question now, you know, let's say you had Nimona's shape-shifting powers. Yeah. If you could live as someone for one day, anyone, who would it be and why? Probably my boyfriend, so I can finally understand what he says about me if it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love yeah, it. He's I always like, that. you don't pick up your shit. And I'm like, I don't see the mess you're talking about. And he says, this is clearly messy, Eugene. And I said, we have very different definitions of mess. He's probably right. right. That's why I think um, I, it's a, kind of a losing battle going into that shapeshift. I'd be like, ah, oh, shit, I'm a fucking... <laughs> Wreck. You would start to see perspective, right? You would start yeah, to see the perspective. Yeah, right? I think, honestly, I think it'd be healthy for anyone in a couple in a relationship to make that their choice. Totally, I totally agree with that. Um, listen, you've talked so much about the sort of spirit and the soul of, you know, relating to Ambrosia. Is there anything that you're going to be taking away from this character? Something that you just might have a different outlook on based on playing this character? Yeah, I, 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 I no, I shouldn't bleach my hair, even though I might want to, because I already see what I look like with it. <laughs> <laughs> But also, like, you know, Am Ambrosius is such a, you know, he's already so close to me in a lot of ways. I think what is really inspiring about the film is Nimona herself. Like, I, that's what I take away. I love mm -hmm. the energy Nimona brings. I feel like Nimona's like, all three of the, the main leads have a lot of inspirational aspects about them. But Nimona being such a messy, chaotic gremlin of a character who's like fighting the system, but then also can switch to being very, very vulnerable and true to herself. Uh, that's something that I want more in my life. The chaos mm -hmm. with the truth. And just a little bit of, you yes. know, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, let's destroy some shit. You know, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> let's get metal. I'm, let's I'm get totally metal. with you, yeah, man. Absolutely. I'm totally with you. Eugene, this has been an absolute delight. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the Geek Centric Podcast. You're fantastic. Thank you. I can't wait to see what you do next, man. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure. All right. Later. Hey, Riz. My name hey. is Justin. Welcome to hey, the Justin. Podcast. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for making the time, dude. It's an absolute honor to have the opportunity to talk to you. Um, so when I saw this in April, I, I didn't have very much information about this movie. But when I heard your voice, I was like, that has to be Riz Ahmed. And I was pleasantly surprised. Is this your first time doing voice work like this for like an animated feature? Or It is. I've open? done some kind of short bits before um, for a feature like this, but I did do the voice for the animated feature Flea, which we also oh, produced yes. with, my, with our company yes. Left Handed, um, but different in a way because that was documentary, um, different process. But yes, I guess it technically is my second animated feature. 
Well, I know we're here to talk about Nimona, but Flea was outstanding. Uh, probably one of my favorites from the year in the animated oh, category. God. But um, you know, I have to I have to know what was it about Ballister that made you want to join Nimona and take on that role? It was really the way that Nick Bruno and Troy Quayne, our amazing directors, had laid out the vision for this character. First of all, they opened my eyes to the world of Nimona. I didn't I wasn't aware of the graphic novel. I wasn't aware of this incredible thing that ND had created and how beloved it was. So once I was onto that, I was like, wow. But before I even had a chance to get off the call and Google all that, I was like, I'm in. And that's because right. Troy and Nick were like, this is who this character is. This is how he feels like an outsider, how he has imposter syndrome, how he's fighting for acceptance. But in the end, he has to learn to accept himself. And I mm. said, wow, I can relate to that. I think a lot of us can relate to that. And I haven't yeah. seen that, actually, that story being told as often as I would like. Certainly not in animation and in such a fresh way, in such a fresh world. So. It was the character, it was their vision. And then once I got to digging, it was the world of Nimona. Yes. Right. Yeah, no, that actually answers my second question. Because I feel like, you know, it's not about finding a voice. It's finding the soul of the character. And, yes. Because each character is on a journey. So I feel like, you know, as you've just mentioned, you know, relating it back to your own personal life and connecting with that. I think that's sort of how you found the soul, because there's such an authenticity to Bal's journey throughout this movie that feels relatable um, in a lot of ways. So. Is there is there anything that that you are going to take away from your time with with Bal? Something that's inspired you in any way? Yeah, I feel like something that I learned from Ballister is to not give up hope. You know, sometimes mm. I think when the world seems so unfair, we can just kind of think, well, forget it. But I think what's amazing about Ballister is he doesn't give up in trying to do the right, right. thing and trying to hope that things can be different. And I think we all need a bit of that energy in these crazy times. Absolutely. Well said, man. Uh, last question here. Uh, if you had Nimona shape-shifting powers, who would you uh, want to live for as a day? Wow. Um, I probably want to live as, this is a cheat answer. This is like wishing for more wishes. Uh, probably want to live as Nimona for a day. She's just so fun. She's just so cool. She's just got great one-liners and I'm, yeah. I'm just her biggest fan. Riz, thank you so much. Again, it's an absolute honor to have you on the Geek-Centric Podcast. Hope you have a great rest of your day, man. Appreciate it. Hey, Chloe. My name is Justin. I'm from the Geek-Centric Podcast. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I saw this movie back in April, uh, and I had no information. I went in very blind. I just knew it was an animated movie based on a graphic novel. And I got to say, I was incredibly surprised to hear your voice and very delighted. Um, I wanted to know, what was it about this movie that made you want to jump on it and be, be a part of it? Um, you know, I think the source material, going back to Andy Stevenson and what he created as his college thesis, which then became a webcomic. And then from the webcomic, you know, became this graphic novel that was beloved and had this cult following. You know, there's not often times in animation that you get really strong source material like that. You know, usually you get like a sketch of a character and you're like, okay, I think I know what we're doing here, so I'm just gonna go for it. Um, but the opportunity to uh, play Nimona was a really tall order and rising to that occasion was one that I was really excited about. Yeah, and I think you delivered. Uh, you, you. you were outstanding in this movie. Um, and I know a lot of people when, when they talk about voice acting, it's like, finding the voice of the character, but it feels like a lot of the characters are on a journey and it's it's about finding, you know, the character's soul. Yeah. So I wanted to know, how did you find Nimona's soul? Um, you know, I think it was, it was, it was an exciting kind of element of trying to find her soul in the fact that she's also a shapeshifter. You know, she is so fluid in 
who she is and that she doesn't want to be labeled for being one thing because she literally isn't one thing. But I think at her core, you know, there's a vulnerability to her that I really wanted to capture. And there's a lot of chaos to her. There's a lot of punk, a lot of like, you know, rage and stuff like that. And so I kind of had to like stretch the rubber band to see, you know, how it would snap back. Um, and that was something that we really played with in the booth. You know, Nick and Troy, the directors, pushed me and, you know, were not afraid to to uh, kind of let me rip and go for it. And there was a lot of, I think, a lot of me that came through, which was which was fun oh, to yeah. play with and, and a whole lot of improv and, and comedy uh, mixed in with all that vulnerability. Yeah, I, I have to say, I think the voice acting, it all just connects back to the original voices. Like Riz, you know, is Ballister, you know, Eugene is is Ambrosis. And you are definitely Nimona uh, to, to the core. And I, I love that you guys were able to bring your own personalities to these characters because it, it just jumps off the screen. And and I think that's why it's different. It's not characters or caricatures. They're they're people. And I think they're very relatable. Um, when you talked about recording in the sound booth, did you, were you on your own or I know it's during the pandemic, did you guys get to do any records together uh, collectively? No, uh, we were never around each other. I still haven't met Eugene. I like I, I haven't I met Riz once at the Met Gala yeah. last year, which was really funny. Um, and we yeah. started recording this in 2019. So he and right. I weren't around each other. We didn't talk. I only kind of had him as a voice in my head when they would show us snippets after we had recorded stuff of our voices together. Um, and ultimately, I was just working opposite Nick and Troy, the directors. So right. It was a really um, specific experience, and that's that kind of is true for a lot of animation. But I think when you couple yeah. that with the pandemic and recording this in your closet with clothes around you for yeah. soundproofing, <laughs> it was I think even more so aids to the I think the vulnerability and the emotion within uh, the chaos and excitement of the project. You know, yeah, you can really find a, a place with that, you know, and and in, in the closet with clothes and really going there and 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 so on. So, but so like then again, seeing this come together, it must have been pretty like outstanding, right? Like to think that you were doing this in your closet and now to see how the voices work together. Was there anything that surprised you? Yeah, I mean, you know, this was something that we had been recording for so long and we were almost at the end of it. And then, you know, Big Sky got shut down and, um, yeah. you know, they weren't going to go any further with the project and, and put it out, which was, it was so heartbreaking. Um, and we all knew how important this was for people to see. And then we found out that it had a new home and it was going to be on Netflix. You know, I think the biggest surprise was just hearing that we were going to be able to finish it. Um, and when yeah. I saw it all put together, you know, I think there are so many moments in the booth where I was like, did I just make the biggest fool out of myself and just ruin my career in that moment. And then I watched the movie and I was like, no, it works. And it works. Thank God it works. Yeah, it, works. Yeah. it really, yeah, really, no, really it works. works. It yeah. totally works. Yeah, I could totally see those moments when you were riffing. I think they they really do stand out. Um, we're talking about Nimona, shape-shifting powers. If you had her shape-shifting powers and you could live as someone for a day, who would that be and why? Oh, my Lord. Okay, as someone. I haven't gotten that question yet. Well, I've gotten I've gotten animals. But okay. someone, I would probably say maybe like Amelia Earhart. Oh, I love that. That'd be kind of cool. Like, she's yeah, that would be great. Pretty badass. And maybe find out what happened. 
Where's that plane? Hey, I'd love to see you play her. Where's that plane, Amelia? <laughs> I wish I could play her. I think she was really tall, and I'm 5'5". Five five, yeah. So they could put me on stilts, but <laughs> I don't know right. if I'm pushing up high for that. Hey, if they could make Gandalf look bigger than those hobbits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's going to be me, except okay. I'll be the hobbit, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, now, my last question. I know everyone's talking about how relatable and how, how uh, you know, connected they are to Nimona. Uh, I wanted to know for yourself, is there anything that you're going to take away from Nimona that you're going to apply to yourself that, that inspires you in, in, in a way to like live your life? Definitely. You know, I think that Nimona is not afraid to be exactly who she is and present herself exactly, you know, uh, as the, as the person that she is. And I think that's something that I, uh, really respect and something that I really, um, connect to and mm -hmm. something that I want to, you know, continue to bring forward in my life, you know, in, in how people, perceive me and how I show myself to others and, and to not be afraid to just be exactly who I am and stand up for what I believe in. I, I love that. That is a great way to end this interview. Thank you so much, Chloe. You are outstanding. Uh, another badass character. I, I, I love Jane Kickass as well. So I, I think that there's some parallels there. So, yeah. um, but thank you for joining us on the Geek Centric Podcast. I hope you have a great day. Thank you too. And we are back again. Uh, Justin, I know Eugene from the Try Guys. Yes, uh, as do I, I know. You know he's he's huge with the Try Guys. I've seen him in a bunch of their stuff. But what an insightful answer in finding Ambrosius's soul. I mean, yeah. and not that I wasn't expecting. I just didn't know what to expect because I've really only seen him in a more of a comedic way. Um, I never, I haven't yet watched his his coming out video, but I, I now I'm gonna seek it out to check it out. Um, drawing from the parallels of being tied to this organization of, of knights and the realm, but also being in love with someone he can't be with and how he's had that experience as an own, in his own life, like minus probably the knights of the realm piece. I don't think he's a knight of the realm, but um, I think that's that's something that a lot of people can probably relate to. Yeah, he, he's the knight of a realm in, in some realm, for sure. He would <laughs> definitely sure. be. In a, in he definitely realms. would be. I think, I think yeah. you know, again, as I was saying, he brought such an authenticity uh, he brought himself to the role of Ambrosius, and and it and it really does show. Um, but yeah, I think that to have the um, sincerity and the honesty to uh, look inside oneself, uh, which was very similar to what Rez said, uh, to understand the parallels, to find that soul, to find again not a character, because even you know he actually nailed it on the head with what, what I meant, right? Like he approached it as a character kind of giving you a very he gave us an, a sample of what that voice would sound like very mm -hmm. heroic and very pompous right but you know they pushed him to just be himself and find that voice and you can only look inwards when 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 that is presented upon you i think as an actor i, I think that's what's so interesting is how do you bring yourself into these characters so that those moments that need to feel sincere and real, they do. And honestly, for all of this entire cast, everything feels real. It's not about putting on a, a animated characteristic or a character of someone. They bring themselves to these roles. And, and it's, it's, it's less voice acting and more acting, if that makes sense. Well, and I mean, I think it speaks to the quality of, of Nick and Troy as directors mm -hmm. in the sense that they were able to put, like all three of these actors talked about how they pushed them to be more their authentic self. And yes. I think, you know, at her core, um, you know, I think when, when 
when Chloe says at her core, there's a, a vulnerability that I wanted to capture. She talks about stretching the rubber band to see how it would snap back and just how far could she, she push things. Push it. Yeah. it was great because she was vulnerable like Nimona, not only to become closer to that character, but her experiences, you know, allowed her to, to, to do more improv and to be herself. And I think there were some fantastic moments of improv in this movie that just added so much to Nimona's personality which is also so clearly directly tied into and from Chloe's personality. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think that's that's pretty outstanding that, you know, all three of them brought that up in terms of where it initially sort of came from and the fact that that uh, Nick and Troy were, were a part of that experience. I mean, again, it just speaks to their, their quality as, as directors. Yeah, a- again, to, to piggyback off of that, you know, Riz said, like, it was the directors that pitched him the idea and before he had looked at anything else he was in yeah right and they sold him on the idea of the kind of character that he was going to be and as he said he immediately was able to 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 recognize that he is he has been that person he has he can play this person because it comes from a real spot so again i think it, it it's it's the beauty of of how yeah they're voice actors but they're really acting Right. Like they're really finding a, a character to to portray. And with the voice and the animation, it just matches so well. Right. And um, like you were saying, Chloe, with her improv in in some of these moments, like you can tell when it's improv, but it works really well. Like we, we had a good chuckle about the fact that it works like they picked some really great moments and threw it in. And it just it fit. Well, speaking of of a good chuckle, I think Eugene wins for best laugh oh my gosh fantastic like just big booming laugh that i was like (laughs) that's so good um and i think yeah i think for chloe you know i love when she's she says she'd be the hobbit uh (laughs) in your interview i i uh she's kind of coming to accept that in the moment um but i think also what a great sentiment to end on with her you know taking away that, that she strives to present herself uh exactly how she is uh, and how she shows herself to others standing up for what she believes in. Uh, I think that's a message that everyone can take from Nimona. Um, and so it was cool to hear that. Yeah, it was absolutely great. Such a fantastic opportunity to connect with the creative minds and the cast behind this fantastic movie. Obviously, as always, as I say, I was a little nervous, but what Kill. was really nice is that I I, I relaxed into it and I, I kind of just... Uh, Felt a little loosey goosey. I used the questions more of an outline rather than trying to be too rigid, and uh, I had a great time. So a huge thanks again to uh, Touchwood PR for setting it up and Netflix Canada for for arranging it all. Because uh, yeah, this is this is definitely uh, one for the books. Well, whether it be all these incredible interviews or even the opportunity for for Megan Darcy and myself to attend the Toronto premiere at the Tiff yes. Bell Lightbox and get to yes. speak to Ted T and the the animation team at DNAG. Um, was was super cool, and I think you know I, you getting to watch the movie even all the way back in April, like, and getting to take part in that that whole experience is just fantastic. Uh, you killed it. I'm super proud of of you for these interviews because, like, That's again, I, I watched them back, and you were kind of like, I don't know what to think about them. I'm like, they are they're great. They're really really fun, and and uh, it's one of those things where like you know I you know we don't want to puff ourselves up too much, but there there are are. Uh, a few interviews that we've done over over the time that we've been doing this that I'll I'll go back to and I'll watch just to kind of pick me up and cheer me up and these will definitely be on that list. 
Yeah, man. Um, but that is it for this Behind the Geeks episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and if you did, be sure to subscribe here on your podcast service of choice as well as on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric where you can watch these interviews, which I highly recommend you do, uh, you know, to see Nate's face as he talks about the reaction to the movie is is really lovely it's 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 just as good as as hearing him so definitely check that out we also have um a tiktok and uh an instagram uh you know that we 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 have some reels and and tiktoks going up on where we've clipped out some fun moments and and you know made a, a little collage of some moment collage um what would you call it a, a montage. montage. There it is. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. We or didn't make super cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, collages you, are like what you would do. Like you cut out pictures. Yes. And then you put it on construction paper. Yeah. And then you have like a mood board or a dream wall. <laughs> right. I That's, don't know if I'd be good at that. I think maybe we talked to Megan. I think you'd Megan. be great at that. Maybe. I think you'd be great at maybe. that. Maybe. But uh, you could check out that montage uh, on TikTok or Instagram at We Are Geek Centric. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, there, there's some really fun stuff that's going to continue to go up there. Um, and we, we also have a, as we've been mentioning throughout this, we do have a spoiler free review for the movie. So if you've already seen it and you're tuning into these interviews, but you haven't listened to our review yet, it's definitely still worth listening to. Um, but if you want to sort of, you know, hear our spoiler free thoughts before checking out the movie on Netflix, I mean, you can probably tell by uh, these conversations that we really enjoyed Nimona, but to find out exactly why. Definitely check out uh, that spoiler-free review, which is available now, again, on podcast services uh, near you. Uh, As I mentioned at the top of the show, the hot geek summer, it's blazing. Uh, So, again, join us. We have so much to talk about in the coming months. Join us on our Discord. Uh, We've got our coverage of uh, even more, you know, we've got coverage of series like Foundation Season 2, After Party Mm -hmm. Season 2, The Bear season two uh, a lot of season twos and uh and movies like mission impossible dead reckoning part one the, we got haunted mansion coming up oppenheimer and so much more uh justin thank you so much for joining me for this metal behind the geeks episode and as we say <laughs>